Welcome to the Cellar Dweller Podcast. I'm Christian. I'm here with Colby. Hello, hello. And uh, as we said at the end of the last one today, we did watch The House That Jack Built by Lars von Trier from 2018. Starring Matt Dillon and Uma Thurman and... Bruno Gans. Bruno, Bruno Gans and Riley Keough. Keough. I believe is how you say your name. There's a lot of people yeah. in this movie, but really, yeah. really, it's it's Matt Dillon's movie. Yeah, it is. And it's Von Trier's movie. It's, it's <laughs> more than anybody, it is Lars Von Trier's movie, that is for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's very interesting, and we, we, we thought it best to start with a little bit of background on him, because he's a pretty controversial figure. He's, uh, a little background on him is like, uh, there's a quote from a New York Times biography saying that he was raised by his radical nudist communist parents in an unconventional environment where, as the director once put it, everything was permitted except feelings, religion, and enjoyment. So this is the type of person we're working with. There's so many, there's just so many layers to that one sentence you just read. <laughs> like, it's it's like a whole it's like a year's worth of therapy sessions in, yeah, in there's, one sentence. He's there's a lot there's a lot to him. There's a lot that he's done that is questionable. There's a lot that he has said. Has said he's a very he's a very controversial figure. Polarizing. Very sure. polarizing. Uh, but the house that Jack built is Colby, of what you have seen, you may attest to this, uh, is arguably his most accessible. Yeah, film, and we watched the director's cut, and it's still his most accessible, so, which is saying something. Because yeah, what was added to that director's cut was is significant. We'll get to that eventually. Yes, it sure. was significant. We'll get to that. At least to to, to us, to we us. thought it was. Um, a little bit more on him. He claims uh, that the inspiration for the majority of his work comes from his intense struggle with crippling depression, and he has made note over and over that he works through his bouts of despair, which is why these films are so intense and so uh, dreadful. Uh, the house that Jack built uh, is is about a serial killer, which is portrayed by Matt Dillon, the titular Jack. And he is an egotistical, narcissistic asshole. It's like, like <laughs> pretentious dick. Like, he, he, yeah. truly, he truly sucks. Uh, they do a great job of... of Really showing us how how bad he is, how mean he is, but but also on that same note, how smart he is, yeah, how, how cunning and like manipulative, how, how good he is at it, and that's like that's what's really scary about this movie yeah. is is the ease at, at which he kind of lies and and falls into these different characters. It's 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 super interesting. Yeah, this is I would say his most like tense movie that I've seen. Like, this feels more thrilling. Like, this yes. definitely falls into horror due to the brutality, mm-hmm. the uh, the graphic nature of the kill scenes. And, and some it is the, graphic. It is. Uh, some of the mutilation that happens, yeah. but um, a lot of the scenes are strangulation yeah. or building up to you know something's going to happen the conversation prior and those scenes, and between each, the film is structured primarily in, into five incidents where Jack is having a conversation with uh, an unseen voice, uh, 
Bruno Gans, correct? Uh, yes. Is the voice? Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, Verge is the name of the character. We do not see him until later. But in between these incidents, he's describing them and describing his philosophy on life, which is at once pretty poignant at times and also incredibly selfish and disgusting and simplistic. Yes, it, it's, yeah. so, it's so interesting because the way that Lars von Trier, who's also the writer, uh, writes this character of Jack is like the most pretentious asshole. Yeah. But he makes so many really good analogies about the worst things. Like, he's he's a well-read asshole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you hate that... He, of, he sells his bullshit very well. Absolutely. He's very confident. It's the the, the charisma of this character and of, of Matt Dillon, frankly, is, is like pretty impressive. Especially yeah. Especially because I feel like I hadn't seen Matt Dillon in anything in, like, a long time. Yeah, you had said that, and I, I was trying to think because... I can't remember the last thing I've... I've really seen him in. I felt like I had seen him in something recently and then I remembered what it was and everybody hates this movie right now and I really enjoy it. Interesting. What is it? It's Capone. The, the Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy movie. movie? <laughs> yeah, by Josh Trank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I really like it. It's a mess and I really like it. It's so bizarre. How much would I hate it? I'm genuinely curious. Did you see the Fantastic Four? No, I heard that was a mess, a train wreck. I don't think I can. I don't think I could watch a movie by Josh Trank after this. After I okay. If I rent Capone, would you watch it with me? If I pay for it and yes. you don't have to pay for anything? Yes, unfortunately, I would. Okay, because I've already spent ten dollars on it once. I'll do so it again. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not give him another? 10 why bucks? not give him another ten bucks? Sure. I'm, I'm singing its praises. I might as well. I might as well uh, follow up. So I guess that was my only point was, hey, man, you should watch Capone because <laughs> Matt Capone. Dillon was good in that, too. Josh Trank is a cool guy. He, uh, he seems a little weird. <laughs> so the house that Jack built is structured into these five incidents as he very pretentiously pontificates yeah. about his philosophies on life and his work, his, which is these murders. And he's also what in... An engineer who calls himself an architect, is Something that what like they that. say? I couldn't quite tell if that was, like, a symbol of... It like, felt Because like he never really addresses what he, what he does to make money, what he does is yeah. his job. But it shows him occasionally throughout these, these scenes, uh, you know, at an architect's table, like, drawing, designing houses, building models of houses. But we never, we never quite see him in the, like, work role. No, you see, you've seen him, you'll see him at, like, the construction site, like, yeah. sitting in, like, a trench coat, like, kind of like the overseer, but you, one, also don't know what, if that's real, uh, or if it's, like, in his head. Mm. Uh, I do believe the scenes of him, like, sketching it out and stuff were real. Yeah. I, I, I do think he came from means of some sort, so I think he had... He's good on money. money He's good on money. An, money yeah. isn't an issue in the story. Yeah. Ever. Because it open. Yeah, it never comes into play. It opens with him talking about how he bought this, like, uh, like standalone walk-in freezer in yeah. some warehouse. It's really... And that freezer becomes almost a, a, another character, kind of. Like. Yeah, it's, it's consistent. Yes. <laughs> unfortunately. It's not just where he stores the bodies. It's... The catalyst for a lot of things that trans. This movie's pretty nuts. Like it's it's pretty straightforward in a lot of respects. It is a serial killer story. Yes. Uh, it does present it from his point of view. So a lot of times it will seem a little sympathetic when it shouldn't. 
Uh, but that's kind of what makes it interesting. Definitely. Unfortunately, in a movie like this, with you know the protagonist being as bad as they are, the the, the director has to give us something that like makes them makes interesting. them human. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Jack has OCD. Yeah. Uh, uh, is a good example of that uh, like at the heavy, beginning. Heavy OCD. Yeah. Like he uh, the second, first second, second incident. incident. We should start with the first incident. Yeah. So he's pontificating yeah, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. The first incident, though, is... Uma Thurman. Oh, correct. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah. I forgot about her because so much other stuff happens. It's It really is. It's a journey throughout yeah. the movie. And then to go back to the beginning, because we just watched this movie. We it's, just watched it. It's also 151 minutes, it's and it doesn't movie. really feel like that. It goes by pretty fast. The pace is good. Yeah. Very good pacing. Um, so the first incident, yeah, go back. Yeah, first incident... Wow, this is rough. I know because this didn't necessarily <laughs> didn't necessarily need to happen, uh, but via story logic, it obviously had to. Yeah. So uh, the first incident is Matt Dillon driving down the road. It happens upon a broken down car driven by Uma Thurman, whose car jack broke when she was trying to change a tire. She's in desperate need of a ride. He refuses. He turns down giving her a ride and tells her the nearest welder or body shop to like help her out. And she annoys him to the point of getting a ride. He brings her to the shop and is like, all right, and tries to leave. She says, well, won't you wait for me? I, I, I'll need a ride back. Uh, and he's like, well, the body shop guy can give you a ride back. She's like, well, I don't want to ride with a stranger. This scene is just so it's mean. So, it's like, so mean. Oh, it's so intense. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's because you're, as the audience, you know exactly, well, not exactly what's going to happen, but you know she's not going to. To a certain extent. Yeah, you know she's not going to fare well. Um, it's very intense. She convinces him to stay, and he does... She gets her uh, car jack re-welded together yep. and brings it back. He drops her off. She goes to jack it. It breaks. Again. Again. And he's like, I just got to go. And she... It's so interesting because he just wants to get out of there. He just wants to get out of there. It's the only... As the movie goes on, we, we will explain, but I can't honestly tell in hindsight if he's playing a game due to her desperation or he's genuinely like, I, I just want to get out of here, lady. Yeah. He says he has an appointment. He says he has an appointment. So he may be on his way to another kill or Possibly, something. Possibly, yeah. Because we're never he, told. There are five incidents, but he kills way more people than five. Definitely. And the incidents are told chronologically. So we're not yeah, yeah, entirely yeah. sure if this is his first kill. Yeah, I, I would not believe this would be. Well, this would be out of impulse, it seems. It would, it would seem. It would and seem. I think... I believe that's part of uh, what he's talking about mm-hmm. in his massive rants of of the importance of his art um, is like this one wasn't like the others and stuff like that. Yeah, because she finally gets back in the car with him after coaxing him for whatever reason, and she's going on and on about how she calls him a wimp. Yeah, she's like prodding him uh, because he's been like a pushover and stuff, yeah. and he. Grabs the car jack and just goes, he wails it on her head. Yeah. And it's very, it's abrupt and intense. It, it happens quickly. Happens very quickly. Uh, it's pretty graphic. 
It's so it's so interesting because you know you're as soon as Uma Thurman shows up, you immediately uh, you think, well, she's going to die. Well, she shows up holding the car jack. Exactly. And you're just like, oh, jeez. Exactly. And so we've seen enough. So you you can put two and two together, and you know that this car jack is going to come into play eventually. Eventually, and even when it does happen, it's still pretty pretty quick and shocking. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. It's. But it's because it's well done. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's well done in yeah. its execution. We a should heart... say we should say I we like this movie. This yeah, is, this yeah, is yeah. like a well made movie. It is heavy. Yes, but not overbearing. No, um, it is graphic. It's intense, uh, but it's not. Again, where take this as a grain of salt from us, of course. Of course. But uh, it's not like emotionally devastating. Not in my opinion, at least. No. Let's let's also talk before we continue with yeah. the with the uh, incidents. Incidents. Let's because we both before this movie had very different von, Lars von Trier tastes. Essentially, I love him. You, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's it's pretty safe to say, yeah, you love him. Yeah, I've been, I've loved his shit since the first time I the first movie I saw of his was Antichrist, senior year of high school, and it kicked my ass and really upset me and freaked me out, and I was like, I need to see more of this guy. <laughs> see, I, yeah, the Antichrist was also my first yeah. movie. I think I was probably a freshman or a sophomore in college in my phase of trying to find these movies, yeah. and I saw it and didn't get it. It, oh, I didn't. I thought I got. I didn't get it at <laughs> of all. Of course, but I, I was like, "There's something about this it, because it's so fucked up." True, true, and it is. It's incredibly fucked up. But for me, I think all all I ever related Lars von Trier to was that like top ten most disturbing films of all time. Yeah. Like just that kind of vibe. Yeah, which makes I respect sense. him as a filmmaker. Like I think he's talented. Antichrist looks amazing. It's yeah. shot incredibly well. A lot of his, I mean, I would say the majority of his films look everything. Amazing. Everything he does looks really good, and so I just did not enjoy Antichrist in any way. Yeah, and so I started with a bad taste in my mouth. I and saw you, *Nymphomaniac* Volume One, which is also not one for not a diehard exactly. Von Trier it, fan. I yeah. didn't love it to say the least. So, so it's going good. into this. It's good. It's good. <laughs> It's good. Different different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we'll watch it one day. So, so yeah, going into the house of Jack Bill, I wasn't necessarily expecting to dislike it because I I think I'm a sucker for a good serial killer story. Like this is so, so Henry a portrait of a serial killer. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and and Matt Dillon I like a lot. And so I think I, I really, oh Matt Dillon from Capone. Yeah, that same guy, the same guy. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. Nice. <laughs> um, but. I was like pleasantly surprised at how how well made this movie was, and that has since made me excited to go back and try to find, especially some of Lars von Trier's earlier movies. And I can give you some recommendations. I'm sure you own most of them. I do. I own a lot of them. So I'll just borrow some from you. I don't own Manderley, but I believe it's streaming, and I've not seen it. Do you have what's the crime one? Elements of crime. Do you have that? Yeah. I want to watch that. That sounds good. Uh, That sounds good. I'll have that. It's, uh, yeah, I have the, like, uh, now out of print, like, Criterion DVD of it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and the, uh, it's, like, in this weird-ass, if I remember correctly, this weird-ass, like, sepia tone. Cool. Yeah, the movie is bizarre. Sick. It's very bizarre. It felt like, uh, the opening of, like, Stalker. Interesting. Tarkovsky's Stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, not as glacial paced. Sure. Continue on with the incidents. The second incident really kind of drives home the OCD point that we were talking yeah. about earlier. So the first incident sets him up as a killer. 
desensitized. It's intense. You're like, okay, this is the type of shit that we're dealing with yeah. now. And then, and then we really see what we're dealing with with Incident Two because it is uh, the woman from Men in Black who uh, gives uh, Vincent D'Onofrio the sugar, the sugar water. And the, I can't, well, I can't remember her name, and I feel I, terrible I will never remember right her name. Now. But her, her. Character. Oh, that's it. Say it. You say it. Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Thank you. Uh, is the actress's name? We and people of around. Me and Christian's age. I'm 28. Are you 28? Yeah. We're both 28. We kind of grew up with movies like Men in Black, and we watched Loved those it. just constantly growing up. And so... She's the sugar lady. She's the sugar lady <laughs> in the very in- beginning of Men in Black. She's an incredible role. So, Iconic. Yeah, so for her to pop up in this, in incident number two, you're like, oh no, not the yeah. sugar lady. <laughs> it's we, very upsetting. It, he knew. He knew. Oh, Von is an asshole. And it yeah, he had to. Let's just say... She's, she dies. This, yes. This incident is not about her. No, kill. it's about the lead up. Yeah, but it's also about the aftermath. It's more so about the, the aftermath, I would say. Yeah, it's the lead up to show how uh, manipulative he is. Yeah. Oh, because yes. he, he approaches the incident as uh, a cop saying that he needs to enter. She's like, well, I need some credentials. He doesn't have any. He's kind of being pretty forceful. And then... He, like, kind of cracks a smile or, like, breaks character a little bit and is like, oh, gotcha, lady. I'm an insurance agent. Like, I was sent out here to, uh, to like, test you. The cops are making us say that now to make sure everyone's safe in the neighborhood. It's a bogus line, but he's selling it he, he's pretty so hard. He's so confident in it. And then he eventually talks his way inside the house and pretty quickly... Uh, strangles her. Doesn't beat around the bush with this. Yeah, one. doesn't really beat around the bush, and pretty quickly strangles her, and then that takes a long time. Unfortunately, uh, off and on. He. Oh my god, it's rough. He's still learning. Yeah, you, you can it's, tell. Who boy? Which is it's rough. Pretty gross. Yeah. There's a. Uh, do we even need to describe it? I don't think it? so. No. I don't necessarily think so. It's a pretty rough strangulation. Yeah. It goes on for I would say a good like four minutes. Yeah, it's uh, off and on type thing, and he's like taking breaks and shit. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, then she dies and puts her in the trunk of his van that he, uh, the same one he picked, uh, Uma Therma. Of course, you gotta have a serial killer van. Uma Therma. Uma Thurman up <laughs> Thermos. in. Thermos. Thermos. Uma Thermos up in. But no, he's got a great serial killer van. Yeah, it's a, sure. it's a, it's a. Which is a, is a must have. It's a windowless <laughs> fucking it's red, red painter's It's red van. though. It's better than white. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, puts her in the back of there, and uh, then, as he's about to leave, he's having these very intense flashes of blood that he missed when cleaning the house. So he keeps running back inside in response to these flashes that he's having going under lamps, behind paintings, all this stuff. All the while, sirens are getting closer and closer and closer, and it's a very tense scene, and it's very complicated, because... You're manipulated into rooting for him to get out of there, but yeah. you just saw him brutally strangle somebody. I don't think I've seen a depiction of OCD in this way at all, and it, it makes it... I feel like it really kind of explains it well, how scary it can it be. It visualizes how, how it. How intense yeah. it can be. Because I don't think I really understood. Yeah. It shows just how, like, the obsessive thoughts yes. very, very well. Again, yeah. this is a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> human being that you shouldn't sympathize with. We shouldn't with, relate to. We shouldn't it's sympathize a film. with. But it's not real. <laughs> it's a film. It's art. <laughs> Which, 
is a theme of this movie. It's art. It is. Oh, Jesus, yeah. This, yeah. Uh, there's no subtlety with Von. Well, earlier Von Trier films have subtlety. Uh, <laughs> yes. Later, I would say uh, Antichrist on Von <laughs> Trier films, no subtlety. Even though Antichrist doesn't really make sense, it is pretty on the nose. Yeah. Uh, about just grief in general. Um, so he uh, puts her in the trunk and is going back and forth all around. The house just, even in spots that he wasn't really in, he's re-cleaning. He like, knows it's clean, but he can't. He knows it's clean, but he has him. to go back and recheck yeah. it. All the while, the sirens are getting closer to the point where he's now in the driveway as the cop car is pulling up. The cop gets out of the car, goes up and makes him get out of his van. And he, t- he pulls a weird-ass bullshit story right out of thin air. Another great lie. Yeah, another great lie about being some... What, train magazine collector? He pulls it out of his ass. Who knew the deceased woman's husband because he somehow got his name fellow because of the insurance scam that he said when he, to get in. It's so, there's so many layers to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so well written. It's like he yeah. just keeps adding things in order to confuse the cop. Yeah. Which, honestly, the cop was probably like, it's late, I don't want to be here. I, okay, just get out. Okay, we'll talk, whatever. And yep. then it just kind of, I can't remember how he gets rid of him. How he gets rid of the cop? Yeah. I, I, they go in oh, the house Oh, they go together. inside yeah. and he just leaves, right? Yeah, because she's not in there. That's right. And he's like, I was here to get the magazine and she never came back out. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. And he's just got her in the back. But then, after the cop leaves, he pushes her, tra- her trash bag out Plastic. with ropes yeah. and ties it and drags it down the street in a brutal blood streak. And then... Down the road. And then when he pulls up to his freezer to put the body, he sees the streak and gets nervous. And what happens? It rains. It begins raining and washing away all the All the evidence. Blood. Which is... Lucky Jack. Just... It, yeah, it's... The, one of the weird things... He takes it as validation. He takes it as, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be this doing this. This is a sign. This. Yeah. But it's also... There are so many times when he's, like, trying to get caught... And it just doesn't happen. It's so, like, he's, oh my god, he's just toying. He's so with, lucky. Yeah. He, Jesus. He's just so cocky. Yes, absolutely. He's such, he just does not believe that consequences apply to him. Yeah. Is his character. Yeah. At this point, throughout the movie, I, I think I had, so we had seen two of the incidents. I had a, I had a guess on what the last incident would be. And oh yeah yeah oh yeah and you didn't tell me yeah and let me just say uh, I was way off I'm very curious what it was I was I think I was so to jump forward a little bit the, the third and fourth incidents are pretty brutal the third and fourth are the worst ones pretty pretty brutal but and so let's go let's go chronologically we'll get to I'll tell you I'll tell you my guess when we get At to the end the, okay. when we get to the fifth one because my guess was about the fifth incident yeah okay so so the fifth. Okay, the f- uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to the, we'll get yeah to exactly. Uh, the <laughs> the third is is maybe the third is the heaviest. Yeah, um, it's, let's get through this quick. Yeah, yeah, he um, sh- strikes up a, a romance with a woman. It I jumps guess forward who has in time. Yeah, a little bit, we, and he's like really clean cut, and he's got glasses. He's like a he, his appearance like vaguely changes throughout each incident to yeah. show like different periods of his life. Yeah, uh, so he's like clean cut. Um, no, here he's more scruffy yeah, and wearing got, flannel. Yeah, he's like yeah, a lumberjack. Yeah. Uh, the, when he was insurance, he was clean cut with glasses. Mm-hmm. Now he's more lumberjack looking. And he's like hanging out with this woman that he's seeing and her two sons. 
and they're going on a pick. Young kind of sons, sh- like young sons, ten and ten and under. I would say, I would say like nine and seven. Yeah, uh, and they're on like a picnic at a shooting range, uh, and he's gonna like teach him to shoot and stuff. It starts in, in nice, but you know it's nefarious, and it it's an incident. So you it's know an incident. So what's it immediately happen. jumps to he's picking them off. He's up in the 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 stand picking them off, and it's violent and it's graphic and it's the most upsetting. I have seen uh, the R-rated cut of this, and we just watched the director's cut. Yep. And this, the director's cut, is more upsetting than the R-rated cut. It is gorier. You see more of what happens. Um, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. But it's a very. Uh, oh my god! It's a very. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. It's there's powerful. no other way to put it's, it. It's a well-made scene because it's intense. And the, the lead-up to the to the hunting scene is this really and. Like pretentious analogy he gives about deer and fawn yep. and hunting strategies, and yep. then and how you have to pick them off in certain orders because of emotions and all. Yeah. And then it just it follows through exactly how how it went, and it's it's this is gross to say, but satisfying yeah. that the scene ends that way in such a, a horrible graphic way, but as a good you know. What is it? A follow up to to the analogy, analogy originally? To see, yeah, it's it's messed up, but it's, it's messed up. It's messed up, but it's sure. it's it's von Trier. It follows his the the visual style. You hear that metaphor, and that is how von Trier would visualize yeah. it. So he did, and uh, that ends with all of the both kids and the mom dying uh, by being shot, mm-hmm. and then they are taken back to his freezer. Which this this leads to one of the scariest moments I think in the whole movie for me at least when he is doing the face. Oh Jesus! Was this now? Yeah, I think he did that like immediate. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter exactly when because we won't remember right. when. Yeah. So, who boy? I would say this is the. Would this be your turning point? I th- I think so. I think so. Where where it's like, oh, this is a this and, is gross. And, which is crazy to say in a movie where we've already seen what we've seen. We, we've seen him shoot up two to children. this point. Yeah. But for me, something about the visual of of what he does, it's upsetting. It's upsetting, but in a weirdly like ghoulish ghoulish way. Yeah. yeah it's like a demon ghost. Okay. 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 It's so, bad. He has this this freezer where he's been keeping all of his bodies of the people, and and at this point, it's built up a little bit. There's a few bodies in there, uh, which is gross to say. <laughs> um, and eventually he decides he wants to start posing them in some way. And so obviously he takes the youngest boy mm-hmm. uh, and puts like... Dressed just like a little boy would be oh, dressed. Like horrible. <laughs> God. Just uh, like in Funny Games. Just like in Funny Games. Yeah. yeah the, the original. The original. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he basically puts a bunch of metal wires into this dead boy's face and like eyes and like pieces of wood and like wood and so we don't quite see what's happening and then then we see the whole finished product and it's pretty horrifying and he's like wired this boy into a standing position with like this ghoulish is like the only way yeah it's ghoulish smiling it's smiling and it is really upsetting really upsetting which leads i think pretty easily into the fourth incident which which remind me the fourth incident following oh was uh, what he called romance. Oh, this yeah. is the Riley Keough. This is the Riley Keough uh, uh, incident, which honestly, it's good to see her. She is 
such a talented actress and just kind of we've talked about this during the movie but she just kind of like falls into her roles yes where whatever she's in she can be pretty unrecognizable like there's she's in a lot of shit that i forget that she's in yeah because she blends in to me or blends in to roles to me so well and she was great in this again as short as her scene was as upsetting as her scene was holy shit so yeah, this this incident is prefaced by this is a romance that he had. Yeah, which is already a, a horrifying setup. And I do not recall the exact uh, parameters of this said romance, if it was uh, a transaction or if it was uh, genuinely like a romance. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not clear. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, the bigger point. Uh, he shows up to her apartment in... Immediately gets a ticket from a cop. He's antagonizing a cop because he parks illegally right in front of a cop. Mm -hmm. Goes up to her apartment and is just the biggest dickhead ever. Absolute dickhead. Well, I don't know if he's actually getting drunk. I think it's a fake. I think he's fake. Yeah, he seems, because he always seems very in control control of shit. But he's at least pretending to be drunk. But he's just being an asshole. Yeah. And just being vulgar and vicious like just rude and riley keogh is kind of calling him on it but still being very timid she's like clearly scared of him yeah and it goes into eventually he uh like what really what really matters (laughs) is he he gets very creepy with her yeah does some fondling she's not into it she leaves Yep. And then tries to... Flag down the cop. The cop that gave him the ticket. Who immediately is just like, you're drunk. And she's like, well, he admitted... Yeah, some of what he got creepy with was admitting to, like, killing 60-plus people. Or 60 people. Yeah. And uh, uh, he comes downstairs and immediately is yelling that everything she's saying is true. I'm that guy. But I was also a bad man to her. Like he plays up the drunk in. aspect. He's not drunk. He's not drunk. But he plays it so perfectly. Master that, manipulator. That the cop just falls for it and and tells tells Riley, Riley to get uh, get him upstairs. Go take care of him. It's it's scary how good he is at yeah. it. It felt very much like the true life Jeffrey Dahmer situation. It's so interesting because this is this scene I think really shows that Jack is kind of a like a Frankenstein of all these different serial killers because there's the dollar aspect Mm -hmm. of Riley Keough escapes and then is basically given back to him and then the like be like BTK it's like the Bundy um, because he's so confident in lying and just like oh yeah yeah there's so much of it in in, in this one character oh Bundy for uh, the getting into that woman's house definitely for sure yeah this scene is the worst. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard. Visually, I would say this scene is the worst outside of that ghoulish kid. But it's... Uh, he removes her breasts. That's what happens. I want to be clear about this. Yeah, it happens. Uh, you don't see it in full, obviously. It's not a super extended scene. It's... Uh, uh, it doesn't need to be extended. Just because... No, one I'm saying second, it's One not- to two seconds is enough. It's not like it's not like hostile or true, true. it's not like torture. Yes, uh, I mean it is well, torture. It is. Well, Jesus, it's so hard to explain. It is torture. Watch the fucking movie and you'll understand. It's miserable. I'm. It's so terrible talking about bad things. <laughs> Jeez, because this movie's so good. Yeah, it's a really well done fucking movie. So he does that and then he leaves 
and leaves a souvenir on the cop car's windshield. I can let you figure that out yeah. on your own. You you know what that souvenir is. Yes. And that was four, right? That's four, yeah. Yeah. So that is incident four. All all throughout this, wonderful performances by the entire Everybody. cast. Everyone involved. The writing is fantastic. There's some very offensive visuals that pop up a lot of times outside of the violence. It's also very funny. It's also quite funny, which I believe now watching this, you should rewatch the first Infomaniac because because I think that movie is very funny. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I, I find I, the first one very funny. The second one's kind of... This movie has more tricky. opened my eyes to Lars von Trier. He has a very fucked up sense of humor. This movie is very funny. Yeah. So leading into Incident Five... five yeah, what were, what was your prediction? So I mentioned that that I had a guess, and in my mind, I'm not I'm not good at guessing, but I enjoy doing it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd never tell people because that's that's the <laughs> asshole thing to do. Oh, this is what's gonna happen. But you did mention it, and I I I need to know. I'm I know, I know. Here. I mentioned it because I know that you'll it's appreciate worse. how wrong I was. <laughs> so I assumed. So all throughout this movie, and in between the uh, incidents, we hear this conversation we mentioned between Jack and this person. This. Italian-sounding person named Verge. Yep. And in my mind, I thought in some way that Verge was going to be a part of the fifth one, of the fifth incident. So I was partially right in that way. But in my mind, I was like, he's the fifth victim. Oh. oh. Which So you thought he was talking to the last victim the yes, whole time? Because I was, we've seen that in movies yep, before. Yep, yep. And <laughs> uh, that does not happen. Nope. It takes a turn into the weird yeah he uh in this freezer from the beginning he has a door that he can't open and uh at the end you see that he has set up uh like six six or seven enough enough (laughs) a lot of people are lined up tied to like this rail their heads all lined up in a straight line so he can shoot a single uh full metal jacket full metal jacket bullet through them God, it's so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have enough room. And he has the wrong bullet. So he, there's a it's whole... A, there's a lot to it. There's a whole situation with getting a new bullet. We can... It's honestly not relevant. It's not. It's not relevant. Great scenes, though. All good, yeah. And the only thing that's relevant is if you've seen any uh, promo for this movie where he's wearing a red uh, robe. This it's during this sequence gets this is where robe. he gets the red robe. Yeah. So he ends up back at the freezer... With the proper bullet. With the proper bullet. Shows it to the army guy that he has tied up that called him out on the bullet in the first place. And uh, realizes he can't focus his scope. It's too close. It's too close. So he finally uh, opens this door that hasn't been opened the entire film and backs into it. And right as he focuses the gun, Verge says his name. We hear his voice. We hear hear the voice that we've been hearing... Throughout, throughout the movie, and we are introduced to, to Verge. Verge. Bruno Gans. Bruno Gans, who who has, who has I found through when he played Adolf Hitler in, in Downfall. Downfall. I've not seen that, but I, that's what I know him from, because he's, I've known about that He's film. great. It's I mean, it's a tough movie, but yeah. he's great. And and was thoroughly great in this movie, in his like small screen time. Yeah, he is... Uh, Colby's correct in that uh, Verge is involved in the fifth incident. The fifth incident actually doesn't seem to happen. It appears to be his death. Appears uh, to be. We don't know. Yeah. It appears to be Jack's death. Yeah. Because once he meets Verge in person, uh, you see that the cops are breaking in. 
they're uh, uh, sawing down the door yep. or welding down the door. Uh, and he just follows Verge deeper into the uh, freezer, and Verge convinces him to finish that house he never built because he was that architect. Yep. So I guess the final incident is him building his house, which is a hut essentially made out of all the bodies. That had been in his, in his been freezer. Been in his freezer. Yeah. It's gnarly-ass, metal-ass imagery. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. It's 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 pretty sick. It looks like it's, it was actually built. Like That, that house looks, exists, that prop exists somewhere. Imagine having that in your bedroom. That's horrifying. <laughs> Try making love to that. Okay. To that. I will. <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, bodies are the last incident. I think so. You, I think okay, it, so I don't think it, it can be anything else because the incidents are his art pieces. Yes, and after that he's dead. After supposedly. that we get the the epilogue. It just, oh, it which, does. Which oh, lasts right. really long. The last scene is the epilogue, but it's a long. It's ass after scene. the the house is built. Okay. Yes. So I think I think referring you're right. to it as the house is messed up, but the house of dead bodies. The, house the of full dead bodies. title. Yeah. Um. He descends. Into hell. Yes. Like, there's no, there's no, um, mystery to that. No, it makes it very clear. And, and for me, when the, when I realized that this is where it was gonna go, I immediately was kind of, like, angry. Because, <laughs> because up until this point, the movie is very... Grounded. Grounded in yep. reality. Everybody feels real. They literally descend in bubbles. Yeah, it, the... That scene made me, made me a little bit angry, and so I was like, "Is this? Gonna, is it just going to end like this? This is just going to... It's just going to fade to black. They're going to be walking down into hell." But no, no, it keeps going. Yep, and they it, pass different sectors. I thought it was going to end at six different points throughout mm-hmm. the movie, and it they just keep going deeper and deeper into hell, which they commit to it, and it looks cool. It looks cool. It's yeah. it's, it's claustrophobic. There's a handy cam. Yeah, section. a weird ass cave diving. Yeah. river scene. It's, it's like the descent. Yeah, the movie which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I even forgot about the handy cam, and we just fucking watched it. Right. It just yeah. it th- that epilogue takes what was a really grounded two hour movie and shakes like it up. changes it completely, and yeah. just adds such a such a wraparound to everything that was said. Yeah, in between the incidents, like I I I loved the ending. Me too. Which is I so, think this ending's fantastic. It's so funny because. I was so angry for like two seconds. Yeah. I was like, "This is like, come on!" You audibly were like, "What?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when they got in those bubbles, <laughs> the bubbles. I was like, "Okay, this this can't be." Like, what is that? But then it worked. It, it, it he made it work. It, it like, was that was oddly whimsical. But then there's like that beautiful shot of them uh, on the ladders going down, and it's just still hell buzzes. That, yeah, hell buzzes. The subtitle which is so fucking metal. Ca- Chaos reigns. Uh, I like Hell Buzzes more. I think I do yeah. also. I'm gonna. Uh, I would get a Hell Buzzes tattoo before I'd get Chaos. Uh, I would get a Hell Buzzes shirt. I don't necessarily think I do tattoo. Nah, tattoo but. <laughs> anyway, uh, that weird ass like scene in the boat that looks like a painting. Yeah, oh, it's like a Renaissance. There's painting. so many scenes that happen. This that you just forget really about. just has so many different, almost like artistic Film styles. Yeah, which actually I would like to segue into. A quote from Von Trier. Perfect. Speaking of different styles. Yes. Because uh, with the director's cut of this, I think it's actually from Scream Factory. Uh, Sponsor? Uh, hell yeah, baby. Nah, son. 
Uh, if you want to, though, come on. Just send me <laughs> some fucking movies. Uh, I uh, watched the interview that is on this. Uh, he got interviewed. Uh, I do not recall the gentleman's name, but he got the uh, Sonning Award, which is given like every five years uh, to... Somebody that has influenced uh, European, European culture, culture which yeah, is yeah. a pretty broad spectrum. Yeah, it uh, started apparently with fucking Churchill, but other folks that got it uh, in the realm of film, specifically impacting culture. Uh, Von Trier is the most recent recipient. Bef- the one before him was uh, Mikhail Haneke of Funny Games. Great filmmaker. Uh, oh, phenomenal. And then uh, another one of note, and I believe it was in 1989, is uh, Igmar Bergman, yep. which is obvious as well. Yep. So he's uh, having this conversation, and uh, they start the conversation essentially by asking about current influences, and uh, Von Trier starts by being the most Von Trier possible and saying... I try to avoid watching new films because the worst thing that could happen would be that I got excited about something. <laughs> he's the best, man. Yeah. He's he's just he has fuck tattooed across his knuckles. Are you serious? Uh, 100%. And he got it when he was like 50. He's a nut. And like, I do not mean he's the best. He's very problematic. He's, he's, he's got a lot of shit. He's like a cartoon character almost. I find him I, I am interested in his shit. Anyway, also on in the same interview... Yeah, that quote is brutal. Yeah, right? Also in the same interview, the interviewer asks him, essentially, like, what's next with your career? What's the next film that mm-hmm. you're going to do after the house that Jack built? And this quote's kind of long. Uh, I may jump around, so uh, bear with me. Von Schur said, I felt horrible during filming for this film, and that's not anyone's fault but my own. I was just anxious, alcoholized, and so on. So I can't face making a film, at least not right away. That's why I've devised a plan to make some very humble 10-minute films called Etudes, where you test something, some dramaturgy, either technical or in terms of character, and like Etudes in music, which by the way means an instrumental musical composition, usually short, of considerable difficulty, and designed to provide practice material for perfecting a particular musical skill. So he's applying that to film wow. in terms of technique. Yeah. Like, uh, and like etudes in music, it could be difficult hand positions that are being tried. So in that way, I expect to make a series of 10 short films in black and white. And then I'm going to work with Nordic actors because there are so many good ones. <laughs> the idea of the etudes is designed to make me feel good because I can give 90% more when I feel good than when I feel bad. I would like to quote Hannah Bas, who said, quote, I feel best when I feel good. And it was typically set at lunch after the second schnapps, which we drank in massive quantities at Nordisk Film, something I was very much in favor of. But now I'm in all sorts of associations where I'm trying to reach complete sobriety, but it's hard. It's really hard. Because alcohol is self-medicating, and sadly, it's insanely effective. The problem is that when the alcohol level drops, the anxiety hits you even harder. It's a non-solution. So I feel like that's his uh, synopsis for the film. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah. So that's where he's at, and also I feel like that's kind of what he was fucking with at the end, was these completely different styles all smashed together. Yeah. And like that's what he wants to do. We should also talk, uh, also during the epilogue, there's a 
quick montage of his past films. Oh yeah, it gets, uh, I mean, it gets real meta for one second. It gets real meta and on the on uh, on the nose in terms of him calling himself out. Um, I in reviews that I read prior to seeing the film, I remember a lot of people brought this up as a negative uh, because he was the the narrator Jack is talking to uh, Verge about icons. And the entire conversation, the footage flashing on the screen, is from various Von Trier movies. So, take that as you will. I, I see that as a joke. I see that as him being like, haha, like I'm being self-important on purpose. But take that as you will. He's got a dark sense of humor. I, could, I mean, I get that. He's got a very fucked up sense of which humor. Which is another interesting, which I think happens right after that montage. Matt Dillon looks at the camera for a yeah. quick second. Mm-hmm. Very, very much like funny games. Very funny games. And yeah. it, it that that quick second worked. It would be great. It'd be, it'd be an intense, but it'd be a very reasonable double feature. House of Jack Bell's sure. funny games would make a, a lot, lot of sense. A lot of together. similar vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Dude, this, this was... This is a good one. It's I, it's a good ass film. I I feel like that we got lucky. Yeah, I got lucky because I, I haven't seen it. But yeah, we don't really know what's next. Uh, I ordered a couple more uh, crazy ones, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. But we have a good ass list of stuff. Uh, this one, yeah. Uh, just to say how it exactly ended is he. Uh, we don't need to say. He just goes into hell. Leave it up to you. Yeah. Uh, he descends you into know hell. what happens, see what happens. Yeah, it's worth it. I think this one's worth it. Von Trier is a very divisive figure, as we've said, but he uh, he makes some stuff that I find very interesting and very worth uh, your time if you are into more... I wouldn't even really call this a horror movie. I wouldn't call it horror. I wouldn't even call it that... I mean, it is extreme. I, I would call this extreme to someone who doesn't watch extreme Certainly, movies. Yes. Um, I, this is a thriller. It's a dark, It's a pitch-black comedy. Uh, thriller. Interesting that the last two movies we've watched are pitch black. Comedy. Have technically been comedies te- in cer- in certain ways. You know what? Then fuck it. Let's keep this train going and let's do happiness next. All right, let's do keep it. Keep the com- the weird ass fucking to it. comedies. Let's do next. let's do a, a dark comedy trilogy. Let's do a dark comedy trilogy with Visitor Q, The House That Jack Built, and Happiness. All right, fuck. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this for you. Uh, yeah, so that sounds good. We'll do happiness. This awesome. is uh, this is great. I'm glad. I think you're gonna like happiness. It's Todd Solondos. Have you seen anything that he has done? What else? When I say you like, I mean that appreciate. Yeah, uh, he has done Welcome to the Dollhouse. He has done Palindromes. He has done. I've heard of Welcome to the Dollhouse. I have not. Life seen it. during wartime. He has done Wiener Dog. Sounds like I've seen none of these movies. All right, I have seen. Happiness, Palindrome, and Life During Wartime. Okay. Uh, Happiness is my favorite, and I say that loosely. It's gross, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Yeah, and on that note, uh, we're the Cellar Dwellers. I'm Christian. I am Colby. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.